Smarty Pants, guess what I'm having for dinner? Nope, not pizza. It's something that swims in the ocean. In fact, it's a bunch of things that swim in the ocean. Any guesses? Fish, lobster, crabs, squid, shrimp. All great guesses. And some are right. Here's another hint. I eat it completely raw. (gasps) Not grilled, baked, steamed, fried, or even air fried. Just little pieces of uncooked fish sitting atop a small rectangle of rice with soy sauce on the side. Do you know what it is now? Did you say sushi? I know some of you are thinking, Yum. And some of you are thinking, Yucky. Well, I'll let you in on a little secret. I also used to think sushi was gross. The idea of eating raw fish seemed so strange and weird. And did I mention gross? But that's the thing about sushi, and lots of foods for that matter. You don't know if you'll like it unless you try it. And boy, am I glad I did. Whether it's sushi pieces, sushi rolls, sashimi, which is slices of raw fish with no rice, or chopped up poke style in a bowl, there's really no wrong way to have sushi. Nom, 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 nom. But what is sushi? Who invented it? Is it good for you? And did sushi really become popular in America because of a TV show? <gasps> it's time for a whiff of science, history, and fresh fish on... Who's smarted? Who's smarted? Who's smart? Is it you? Is it me? Is it science or history? Listen up, everyone. We make smarting lots of fun. But who's smarted? Okay, smarty pants. I'm sitting at the counter of my favorite sushi restaurant. How many sushi restaurants would you say there are in America? 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000? Would you believe there's over 4,000 authentic sushi restaurants in America alone? Whoa. Incredible when you think that just a few decades ago, there were zero. So how'd this unique Japanese cuisine find its way to the United States? Well, to understand that, we need to go back over 2,000 years ago to discover how sushi was first invented. I'll just hop in my handy-dandy time machine and set the coordinates to... Hmm. Smarty Pants, what country should I set the coordinates for in order for me to go back to where sushi begins? Is it A, China, B, Japan, or C, Thailand? You probably said Japan. I mean, after all, sushi is a Japanese cuisine. And that would be a great guess, except for one thing. The story of sushi actually begins in... China. Huh? I know. I'm surprised, too. But China, here we come. Ah, ancient China. There's rice fields as far as the eye can see. Oh, there's someone. Maybe she can help us. Excuse me, miss. A quick question. Hmm. Uh, We may have a language barrier here. Uh, Luckily, I have a translation device that will allow us to communicate. I'll just put this in my ear and speak into this, and we'll be able to understand each other. Got it? Okay, do you know about the origins of sushi? No. Oh? But I read that sushi originated in ancient China. Who are you calling ancient? I'm 42. No, no, not you. Sorry. Um, 
Are you saying that you don't eat a dish consisting primarily of raw fish? Oh, you mean narazushi. Aha! Uh, um, what's narazushi? A delicious meal made of fermented rice and salted fish. The salt and fermenting prevent bacteria from growing which would spoil the fish before we got to eat it. Since we don't have any way to keep things cool around here. Right. This is thousands of years before the invention of the refrigerator. The refrigerator what now? Never mind. Tell us about narizushi. First, we catch a fish in the river. Then we salt it heavily. Next, we pack the salted fish in fermented rice to keep it cooler and protect it from bacteria. When it's time to eat, we unwrap the fish, throw away the rice, and eat. Wait, you throw away the rice? Yes. It's only there to preserve the fish. Sometimes it's sitting out for days and gets covered with harmful bacteria and microorganisms. Ah, so the rice acts like an ancient aluminum foil? Illuma who now? Never mind. Do you know how this dish made its way to Japan? No, excuse me. I have rice to grow and fish to eat. Hmm, well, I don't see anyone else around who can tell us more about... This duck keeps quacking at me. It's almost like he's trying to tell me something. Oh, wait, wait, my translation machine. I'll just hold this to its beak and... What do you want to know about sushi? You know about sushi? Why wouldn't I? You're a duck. Not just any duck. I'm a Peking duck. Okay, lay it on me, duck. How did sushi get to Japan? Legend has it. The Chinese dish, nerzushi, spread to Japan in the 18th century. The first reference to sushi appeared in a Japanese book called The Yaro Code, written in the year 718. Sushi was actually a good thing for ducks, like me. Really? How so? Y'all know how many ducks get eaten all over Asia each year? How many? A lot. But if eating fish became more popular than eating ducks, less ducks would wind up as dinner. Anyway... People visiting China from Japan tried nerzushi and liked it enough to bring the basic recipe back home. I see, but when did they start eating the rice instead of throwing it away? After nerzushi showed up in Japan, the dish slowly changed over the next few centuries and became really popular. The Japanese began eating it three meals a day. The new recipe called for boiling the rice and using rice vinegar to help it ferment faster. By the middle of the 18th century... Sushi spread to Edo, the largest city in Japan that would eventually become Tokyo. There, three big sushi restaurants opened, most famously one called Yoide Sushi, created by Chef Hunai Yohei. Thousands of sushi restaurants followed, and by the 1850s, there were roughly two sushi restaurants on every block. Wow, that's more than America has Starbucks. Of course, the sushi back then wasn't exactly what you know today. If you want that story, ask the chef who changed how the world ate sushi forever, Chef Hanai Yohei. Oh, hey! Did someone say my name? Chef Yohei? How'd you get here? And how is it that I can understand you? I have my own time machine and translator device. Hey, is that a delicious Peking duck? So, Chef, I hear you changed sushi forever. How? It was the early 1800s, and the city of Edo, which became Tokyo, was going through a boom in food stalls. Food stalls? Yes, these are similar to the food carts and fast food restaurants you have today. As food stalls grew in popularity, 
people demanded more choices. Chefs began experimenting with sushi. Ooh, that sounds good. No, it was bad. Really, really bad. The fish was cooked and served in large chunks. Not appetizing. Yuck. You said it. I decided to mix vinegar into the rice, making it sticky. Next, I placed a thin sliver of fish atop a small bed of rice. It was tasty, bite-sized, portable, affordable, and delicious. We called it nigiri, or as we say in Japan, nigiri. Nigiri. I've seen that word on the menu at sushi restaurants. This type of ham-pressed sushi became the standard, and it's what most people think of when they think of sushi today. We specialized in nigiri at my restaurant, and it was surprisingly popular with young children. Kids do like bite-sized foods. I was also one of the Japanese chefs responsible for popularizing tuna. Before my time, tuna was not held in high regard, but since there was lots of tuna to be found in the water surrounding Japan, it made economic sense to sell it. I helped kick off the tuna craze that spread across the country. Tuna sushi, tuna sashimi, tuna rolls, tuna hand rolls, spicy tuna. I love it all. So that explains sushi's rise in Japan. But what about my home country, the United States of America? As more Japanese citizens begin traveling and immigrating to other countries, sushi's popularity grew abroad. After World War II, many Japanese people moved to the USA. Mostly to California, which is closest to Japan, they brought their traditions and tastes, and began opening up sushi restaurants. But the real sushi explosion was due to a TV show. Wow, a TV show helped sushi become popular in the U.S. I can't wait to find out what it was. Right after this quick break. Hi, Trusty here with a special message for all the parents and guardians listening. I know how important it is for your child to excel in every. Way possible, especially when it comes to education. Well, thanks to my friends at IXL, you don't have to go it alone. IXL is a personalized learning platform that's transforming the way children master everything from math to social studies. IXL's interactive courses and immediate feedback ensure learning is super engaging and accessible for every student, pre-K through 12th grade. Imagine that. A tool that grows with your child, offering personalized recommendations based on their progress, and we know it works because we've used it ourselves. Adam Tex Davis, co-creator of Who Smarted, used IXL to help his daughter stay on top of her schoolwork and excel in her classes. Backed by research, students who use the IXL program are more likely to get higher test scores because IXL functions like a tutor. And whether your child needs help with homework, classwork, test prep, or is looking for a challenge, IXL has you covered, and all of that at an affordable rate. A one-month subscription to IXL costs less than what most tutors charge for an hour, and one subscription is good for every child in your household. Join the millions of parents who trust IXL and make an impact on your child's learning today. Oh, and who smarted listeners get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up now at ixl.com/smarted. Visit ixl.com/smarted to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. IXL Learning. Inspire. Excel. 
Learn more at IXL.com. Hey there, smarty moms, dads, adults, and anyone who loves great food but doesn't always have the time or energy to grocery shop, prep, and cook a big meal. Well, take it from me, the trusty narrator. I found the perfect solution to having delicious, home-cooked meals without all the time and hassle. It's called Factor Meals. With Factor Meals, you can forget about all the shopping, chopping, or even washing dishes. That's because Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals arrive at your door ready to heat and eat in just two minutes. That's right. With Factor, you and your family are always just two minutes away from chowing down on chef-crafted, dietitian approved delicious gourmet meals. From Calorie Smart to Protein Plus to vegetarian to keto options, Factor has six menus guaranteed to meet your wellness goals. And with over 35 meal choices and 60 add-ons weekly, your taste buds will never get bored. I personally started ordering Factor meals last month for those busy days when I want a tasty lunch or dinner that fills me up and crushes my nutrition goals, but I only have five minutes to cook it. And Factor 100% delivers on time, every time. So head on over to factormeals.com slash smarted50 and use code smarted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code smarted50 at factormeals.com slash smarted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Now back to who's smarted. Chef Hanaya Yohei popularized the sushi known as nigiri that we know today. But sushi actually became popular in America because of a TV show. What? Nope, not Stranger Things. Tell us, Chef Yohei. It was a television miniseries that aired five nights in a row on NBC called Shogun. You see, while sushi was gaining modest popularity in New York and Los Angeles, many Americans still considered Japan the enemy decades after World War II. It didn't help that most Americans never got to see Japanese culture other than bad stereotypes. In fact, many movies and TV shows back then used white actors to play Japanese characters. But then, along came Shogun. Awesome! What's a Shogun? Shogun was based on a popular novel about samurai warriors in 17th century Japan. Over 30% of American households watched the miniseries, making it a huge hit. It won three Emmy Awards. But perhaps Shogun's biggest accomplishment was introducing Americans to an authentic portrayal of Japanese culture, sparking a nationwide interest in all things Japanese. Including, you guessed it, sushi. Around the same time, in the late 1970s, early 80s, Doctors were recommending people eat less fast food and more healthier foods, especially ones high in omega-3 fatty acids. I see where this is going. Fish have lots of omega-3 fatty acids. Precisely. So while Shogun got Americans interested in Japanese culture, doctors were encouraging people to eat more fish. Suddenly, sushi became a cool, healthy thing to eat. But it was still only popular in big cities. It wasn't until the invention of a new sushi roll that it took off nationwide. Smarty Pants, any idea which sushi roll helped a Japanese cuisine become an American favorite? Is it A, the Oklahoma roll, B, the Kansas roll, or C, the California roll? 
Did you say C, California roll? Nice! In 1960s Los Angeles, sushi chefs began using crab meat to replace hard-to-find fresh tuna. They also added a local ingredient, a fruit packed with healthy fats and fiber that grows in the Golden State. Avocados. The creamy texture of the avocado made for a tasty and sustainable sushi roll that was also good for you. Years later, with the invention of the inside-out roll, where the rice is on the outside of the roll and the seaweed is hidden inside, the California roll really took off. With familiar ingredients and the seaweed hidden inside, sushi became less intimidating. And by using imitation crab instead of fresh fish, landlocked states like Oklahoma and Kansas could make sushi. Suddenly, sushi was accessible to all Americans. Today, it's not only one of the most widely eaten foods in Japan, it's one of the most widely eaten foods in the world. Sushi continues to evolve as modern chefs create new dishes like sushi bowls, sushi tacos, sushi burritos, even sushi pizza. Yum. Who knew eating raw fish could be so much fun? A double shout out to Jonah and Ari in Los Angeles, California. Thanks so much for letting us know how much you love listening to Who Smarted before bedtime and that you dance along to the theme song. Confession time. I dance to the theme song too. This episode, Sushi, was written by Jason Wasabi Williams and voiced by David Quiqui and Jerry Colbert. Technical direction and sound design by Josh Handroll Han. Who Smarted is recorded and mixed at the Relic Room Studios. Our associate producer is Max Maki Kamaski. The theme song is by Brian Sashimi Suarez, with lyrics written and performed by Adam All You Can Eat Davis. Who Smarted was created and produced by Adam Tex Davis and Jerry Colbert. This has been an Atomic Entertainment production. <laughs>